Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I personally think that Josh Sargent should be the number nine. My biggest concern is that Mexico does tend to make those little mistakes defensively. But it's the inconsistencies. With the Where is it this inconsistent, though? He's going to well, be on the ground for the majority the, of the time. No, look back at that, that, No, that, if that, you That's have the Christian Pulisic treatment, though. Same. We're going to have to stop this. We're going to start arguing on this podcast, aren't we? Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Football Show. As always, I'm your host, Lizzie, um, Lizzie Vetrano, 90-minute editor covering North American football, and with me, my co-host, Gino Canelo. How are you? I'm doing well. You forget your last name there? Did yeah, I really forget? did. It's, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's a Tuesday. It's, you know, late over here on the East Coast. It's 336. Yeah. We're, you know, this is Mid-day. the end of our work days here, you know, is. It's uh yeah I mean it's everything's been good you know it's been a while since we've talked it's been it been, been, been we didn't we didn't have a show last week because I scurried off on vacation but um yeah but uh we're back and there's a lot to talk about as we get closer to the MLS season so that's fun yeah um well as Gino just mentioned he went on vacation and naturally everything changed Liga MX wise it did everything. So- Everything changed. They said, you know what? He's getting a little too familiar with this, so we're going to change everything. <laughs> everything. Um, it was wonderful to have a conversation with Gino when he came back and tell him that face-to-face. Um, his reaction was priceless. In a state of shock, I guess. But we'll get into it. We will discuss it all. Um, did you hear anything about it? Uh, I mean, not really much. Um, I do know that they're changing basically the format of a lot of things. Um yes. I know my favorite rule is changing, so yes. it's just it's just getting more and more confusing. My team sucks, yeah. and it's getting really oh, confusing. Yeah. Yes. Well, it wouldn't be Liga MX if it wasn't. So last week, FMF president Yon de Luisa and Piquel Ariola, Liga MX president, had a press conference to discuss the postmortem, essentially, of what happened at the World Cup and Mexican Mexican soccer as a whole. It had been 60 days since Mexico was eliminated from the World Cup. And then they did a whole review of what was going on internally, and they presented the results. And with that, 
presented several new proposals to when were they when were they eliminated from the world cup what round it's not important anyway <laughs> um anyway they decided to change a lot of things in hopes to make mexican soccer even better and really looking forward to 2026 when we're hosts of the world cup alongside canada and the united states so to start off with um Promotion and relegation is coming back. Yay. Wow. It is. Um, essentially, the idea is to start including changes in the upcoming 2023 Apertura to head into the 2023-2024 season. Again, none of this has been quite cemented yet. There's still, especially with relegation and promotion, still a lot of process to go through because Liga de Expansión teams, which is second division, Half all the teams have to go through a process to get approval for this promotion and relegation. They have to provide statements. They have to prove that they have like eligible stadiums, financial um, financial ability and stability, and all those types of things to be able to be considered for promotion and vice versa. So still a long ways off, but it's exciting to be reintroduced. I think it promotes challenges and takes away that little stability that there's no real consequences for finishing last, even though we did discuss that there's financial consequences, but now there's sporting consequences as well. Yes. Um, you know, it's um, promotion relegation, obviously here in America is not a thing. It doesn't exist. No. Um, so it's definitely different you know, when you look at it from them bringing it back in from, from an American perspective, but you know, soccer around the world has promotion relegation everywhere. Um, it's probably the right move, especially because Mexico already has that structure built in there. Um, and I've always liked promotion relegation. Um, again, getting really? into it, whether it's a good thing for America is probably a different conversation altogether. But I like the, you know, the fact that it, it, you know, teams at the bottom of the, of, of the division or bottom of the, the, the league aren't, you know, 20 games in just like, okay, whatever, you know, who cares if we lose the rest of these games, it doesn't matter when the league tomorrow, you know, we're in the league next year or whatever. So um, it does give incentivize those teams to be a little bit better, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a different, you know, I think for America, it's a different story, but for, for League MX, it, it makes a lot of sense to to go back to that because they already have that structure. Yeah, and I want to point out, it was paused, I believe, during COVID, and then it wasn't reintroduced because of several issues with Liga de Expansión, but hopefully it's coming back again in the hopes to incite players to be better, teams to be better, and more competition. The idea is that between competition in Liga MX and Liga de Expansión clubs, there'll be more options for the Mexican national team to thrive and then to pick up from. So that one's that. Also very surprised to hear that you like promotion and relegation, given that Everton is facing that. But nevertheless... I, listen, I understand. I, I, I understand. Everton facing promotion and relegation isn't the best thing. I wish it didn't exist now. But I think as an overall idea, I mean, watching American sports and comparing it to European sports with promotion and relegation, soccer with promotion and relegation... I think it makes sense. Yeah. Cause like I root for a really bad hockey team right now and all that, they, they just lose. It doesn't really matter. They're just like, Oh, well we'll try and get the number one pick. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I obviously, again, it's the way America has been with all their sports, 
to not have promotion relegation or anything like it. But um, I do think it does incentivize those teams at the bottom of the table to do better. <laughs> yes, one should only hope so. And in terms of doing better and avoiding normal stability, Liga Mankeys will be getting rid of the wild card playoff round. So right now, as it currently stands, there are 12 teams that pass to the playoffs. The first mm-hmm. four skip around and then eight, five to 12, then face a wild card playoff round and then go in. So now there's no wild card and it'll be just teams one through eight. Gotcha. Very no exciting. Bias, Last right? four. And it was a topic of controversy whether 12 should be included out of 18 teams. Mm-hmm. There was a conversation about mediocrity and whether it, 12 is too much and whether you should be rewarded to an extent for landing in 12th place. So now top eight makes sense. It really does push teams to be their best and a stable playoff round. So that's nothing, nothing new. Not, not yeah. again, I think just, just something that, that again, incentivizes teams to be a little bit better. Um, you know, it, it obviously 12 teams out of 18 teams is what's that. I, I think that's, I'm not going to try like to do three that. quarters of your league or something close to that, or 66% of your league. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's not exactly, I think it's 66% of your league. So that's like a lot of teams making the playoffs. It means you can be bad and still make the playoffs. So, um, which again, that's something that maybe we can talk about when we get to the MLS portion of this conversation, um, or of this, this podcast, but, um, but yeah, I think that um, I think that's that's a again, it's another move to incentivize teams to get better, and you know, it, it creates a more competitive league because there's not it's not like if you're in 12, you're like, all right, whatever, I'm going to make the playoffs anyway. You yeah. know, that's yeah, changes up a little bit. And in terms of increasing competition, the foreign player rule, which you so my love, favorite rule, so love, um, will be changing also. Ideally, and their proposal was it will be coming down from eight players to seven in a way of promoting Mexican players Mm -hmm. and having Mexican players front and center to be chosen for the Mexican national team or picked up by Europe, Um, European teams. A couple of foreign players in the league have spoken out about it and are worried for their jobs, but it's just coming down from eight to seven. So really play better. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I mean, it's definitely different. Um, but again, we can talk about it as a whole. Is that, is that the last rule change? There's one more. Um, they are going to be introducing a new trophy that awards the combination of points essentially for American listeners. Liga Mekis will be introducing a sort of supporter shield that rewards the amount of points you manage between the apertura and the clausura. So they'll be adding the points from both of those smaller tournaments and considering it a longer tournament trophy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so there'll be three technically trophy winners, the league champions from the apertura league champions from the clausura and the overall points champions, mm-hmm. um, new trophy inflation just means more stuff, you know, <laughs> It's just, uh, it's really putting a, I mean, again, it's, it's, it gets a little confusing with this. And again, it's 
from what I understand it, it's, you know, there will be an Apertura trophy yes. for the Apertura season. There'll be a Clausura trophy for the Clausura season. And then there'll be a Supporters Shield trophy for the Supporters Shield season uh, for like both seasons together from regular, but not including playoffs, just both seasons. Not together. including playoffs, correct. And then there's going to be the Copa Por Mexico trophy, which is arguably so the biggest trophy in all of Mexico. So important. And then there's going to be the grand trophy where the two winners from the, not the two best teams in the regular season, but the two teams who win the playoffs from each. Campeon each de campeones. The campeones de campeones. <laughs> I think I said that right. Um, and they're going to get another trophy. So yes, everybody's getting a trophy this year. Everyone's getting a after trophy. this year. Um, so, yes. And Gino and I are as well for participating. So yes, yes, exactly. We're we all getting participation trophies. Love I think Liga MX is going to send us a trophy. Maybe I can think it's going to be all five trophies, just replicas of all five trophies. We so I can them. have them all and display them behind me. Anybody in Liga MX can get that done. Let me know. <laughs> we love so many trophies, but yeah, um, those are the proposed changes. There will be um, a meeting with owners of Liga MX teams and ownership groups to meet and discuss these proposed changes. So nothing cemented and nothing concrete yet. Everything yeah. will be will be discussed. So, so before we move on, before we move on, I okay. do want to ask you. you so do. overall. What are your thoughts on these changes? Um, I think they're interesting, definitely. I understand where they're coming from in a bid to better Mexican soccer, especially when they mention the foreign player rule and putting Mexican players front and center. I think it's to a certain extent counterintuitive because with the more pressure of having Mexican talent, that means the less likely... Mexican teams are to sell their talents to European clubs because you need yet another Mexican within your team. And obviously you can't have a foreigner. So in principle, it makes sense. But then the repercussions, I think, will hurt Mexican soccer to an extent. I'm very excited, though, for promotion and relegation. Should it work seamlessly, I guess. Um, but there are concerns. There are stresses. So I hope it does work out. I hope they the proposed changes are done well but with Liga Mekis I don't know there's always concern yeah I think the big thing is right like you said I think it's an effort to promote Mexican soccer more and obviously after the falling out in the group stages of the World Cup that's something that was obviously yeah a shock to a lot of um you know a shock to to Mexican the Mexican country the Mexican Federation uh, something that they they never obviously want to happen again. So right. similar to the way Germany does things um, and, and is doing a whole new revamp and has done this before after what I think was the 2002 World Cup when they failed to get out of the group stages there, I believe. Um, the Mexican Federation feels like it's time to make those changes now, whether those changes will actually help. That's something yeah. we will have to wait and see. But at this current moment... Um, I think that they are good changes that incentivize teams to be better, incentivizes these Mexican players to um, have a little bit more competition, yeah. um, gives some teams an opportunity to showcase their players at the next level with promotion relegation. So I think as a whole, it could be good. But as you said, it depends on how League MX actually executes these rules right. over the course of time. 
Yeah, I think the only one that doesn't really make sense is the addition of an extra trophy. I do think that just strokes an ego more than Mm. anything at all. But we shall see. I think if it pushes teams to achieve much more in the regular season beyond just landing in the top eight, then great. The more incentives, the better. I, I don't know if necessarily an extra trophy will do that or essentially a supporter shield motivates teams. But if it does, then phenomenal. I'd love to be proven wrong. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I guess we shall see. We shall see. So we now head into week five, which I guess can be categorized by two things, the firing of managers and draws. This week was sponsored by draws. We saw four draws. Crazy. Um, Not necessarily the competition I wanted to see, but we shall start with Santos Laguna versus Club America, which was a personal draw. Because especially I made a bet with my husband. (laughs) Our second yet. Our second yet. So last tournament, we also made a bet with Santos Laguna and Club America. Obviously, I wanted Santos to win. He wanted Club America to win. And they drew 3-3 last tournament. And now, again, same bet, same stakes, and we saw yet another draw. So no one gets to win there. Wow. So the the yeah. husband-wife rivalry is yeah. two Strong. draws. It's two very, draws. Very it interesting. Crazy. It was also crazy because Santos Laguna was winning 2-0, and I thought I won. I was celebrating. I was being rude. It was so much fun. It was the best time. And then a quick penalty, Henry Martin steps up and strikes it. And then again, a second shot. Yeah. So um, if you see actually the highlights, Santos Laguna head coach um, Eduardo Fentanes was livid after the draw because it truly felt like losing out on two points rather than gaining the one. So desperate, yeah, I mean, when you result. play a team, when you play a team like um, when you play a team like Club America and you can get up two nothing, that's a really good start. Um, you should not be drawing, you know. I mean, two nothing the first half, but like you said, they grabbed one before the end of the first yeah. half with that penalty, and then um, they they were just they were dominant in the in the second half, and and obviously Martinez gets the the second goal to tie it up. Santos Laguna leaves with an extra kick in the butt with a red card too, so. Yeah, that was rough. Um, I will say, though, it was a phenomenal performance by Carlos Acevedo, the goalkeeper from Santos Laguna. Excellent showing. Ended up being um, Santos Laguna, obviously, uh, player of the match. It gives me hope, obviously, for the Mexican national team, if they call him as a third, as a second, against Memochoa. But it's wonderful to see him performing so well. I think that was my only highlight of the match because Santos Laguna's defense was definitely not it. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you, I mean, again, if you follow Lizzie at this Twitter account over here in this corner, you could see her. She did tweet about Carlos Acevedo this week, um, among other things, uh, including, you know, the many other things that she is now famous for with Juliana Rajo and all, all the big stuff. So, you know, we gotta, we gotta, you know, a viral reporter over here and she tweets all so the good funny. stuff out on her Twitter. So make sure you follow her there. Oh, I appreciate <laughs> that. That was so nice. Anytime, anytime. Yeah, because I know I mean, I'm going to, you know, it's, I know we're going to get into an argument here probably yeah. in a little bit. So yeah, yeah. 
you know, it's just, that's just how it's going to have to be. Uh, well, I appreciate it for now. Um, that was sweet. We saw also three more draws. Um, Pumas Atlas 2-2, Necaxa, Tijuana 1-1, which were, I guess, expected. The one that I didn't see coming, though, was Chivas de Guadalajara against Querétaro 1-1. Mm. I think Chivas was so unlucky in so many situations, and they finally t- um, tied it. Last moments of the match, they really deserved more there, but I guess a point will do. They're, they are suffering from a variety of injuries to their roster, so understandable, but their fan base at this point expects so much more from what can be considered a top five, not at the moment, but a top five team in the Yankees with how much they're spending and what they are dedicating in terms of resources. So they deserve better. A 1-1 against Querétaro is not great, but Club America also tied against Querétaro this season already. That is true. That's true. I was going to bring that up. An oddly good start for Querétaro. Yeah, I was just gonna, I just went to look at that. I mean, listen, they're in 16th place. They're not, you know, it's not like they're winning games. Right, but... but they do have three draws, two against Club America and Chivas, and then their other draw coming against Atlas. And then they did lose to Puebla, which is just like kind of makes no sense. No in the fact sense. that they have played really well against these teams that will be in the playoffs. And then Puebla, yeah. who is towards the bottom of the table, they lose to nothing. I mean, they did get a red card in that game um, pretty early. It was in the eighth minute. So, um, and Gino, tell us how much do you enjoy red cards in the Yankees? Red cards are great. I honestly, I'm starting to believe that in match week three, there were no red cards. And I'm starting mm-hmm. to believe that that's just like an outlier where the yeah. fact that just like, I mean, like, I don't know, like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand. The, the, the Mexican only for the seven Mexican players rule is going to be hard if you half your players get three game bans every week. I don't understand how that works. That's it's just, it, yeah. there's five red cards this week. That never happens in other leagues. I feel like. Well, but, no other league is like Liga Mekis. That's that why we true. love it. That is true. I, I guess that's the way it should be. I, I mean, and again, these aren't like, I mean, I don't know. I, the, I'm, again, I'm looking on Google in terms of, um, you know, so some of them are double yellows or whatnot, which, Again, I have, you know, in watching the games that I've watched from Liga Mekis, it's like, I feel like some of these yellows could not be yellows. Like, I feel like they could, you know, maybe yeah. just give them, like, I feel like the referees are very quick out of their pocket with the yellows. So that leads to yeah. red cards. So, yeah, um, but we love them. We enjoy them. It's chaotic. <laughs> and it's CONCACAF. Chaotic? Yeah, it is CONCACAF. Um, the only important thing to note about the Necaxa Club Tijuana draw is that Cholos have since fired their head coach, Ricardo Viñas. He is out. We have the under-20 head coach, Saucedo, coming in. Fun fact about him is that he's formed an actually integral part of the team. He was the goalkeeper for the 2012 winning squad and then retired a couple years after that. And started becoming a head coach, got his license, became a head coach for Club Tijuana in various different youth academy levels, has worked with under 14, under 16, and under 20, both as assistant coach and then head coach for under 20 now. So he's the interim interim manager now. It's the week of firings. Mazatlan also fired their coach. So... (laughs) Yeah, quick quick early fly. trigger in the season. I mean, again, Mazatlan is in last place. Yeah. 
So, I mean, understandable. Understandable through four weeks. It's their last place. Not only are they in last place, they've only scored four goals and they've given up 13 goals. And again, yeah, well, it is let's, it's, it's, it's a little bit, def- it's a little bit inflated with the six nothing loss. Um, they got a red card in their game against Club America. So the six nothing yeah, but loss. But also don't lose six zero then. Well, again, and this goes back to my point about there being too many red cards in, in Liga MX. So it's, you know, it's, I mean, their red card came in the 81st minute. So in reality, let's, uh, I, I will backtrack on that statement because I did not watch this game. Just saw some of the highlights, some of the, you know, some of the, the, the stats. I'm looking back now. They only scored one goal after the red card. So really Mazalan got B5-0 with all 11 men on the field. So that's a, that's a bit, that's an issue. <laughs> Really, that Thank you for backtracking on that. that yeah, that's yeah, that's an issue. That's not a red card issue. That's a Mazatlan issue. That's a Mazatlan issue. Um, so. Talking about winners, though, Tigres won 1-0 over Cruz Azul, which was phenomenal. It was a great game. We saw the Diego Lainez debut. He's back at Liga Mekis after a great stint with Club America in the past before going to Europe. Now, the minute he came off the bench and onto the pitch, fans booed him. Again, understandable because he formed part of the team that defeated Cruz Azul in the 2018 um, final. So I love, I yeah. really love the pettiness of Liga MX. <laughs> oh, there's like, so much. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like I feel yeah. like, like this is five years ago. Like, and I mean, maybe this is all, it. maybe this is all soccer. Like, I mean, obviously. You know, in the Premier League, Jordan Pickford hasn't played for Sunderland in 10 years. Definitely. And he, if what feels like 10 years, I'm sure it isn't. But what feels like 10 years and Newcastle, every time they go to St. James Park, they boo him every time. And it's so funny because it's like, this is just so far. I mean, literally, there's nothing. There's nothing has happened. It's just like so far past. Like the guy, the kid hasn't played in League MX in five years, basically. And they're just like, you know what? I don't care. His first game back, I'm booing him because he was on the other team. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was actually crazy. It was was exciting to see the O-Liners play again. He has yet to play a full game as a starter for about a couple years now, which is concerning. He's currently on loan. He's still owned by Real Betis over in Spain. Currently on loan with Tigres. Anything can happen there, and they can recall him at any time should they see fit. But he made his debut on Saturday. Saw a couple of good moments. Um, He found his way into the box. He had a couple shots on goal. It was definitely interesting. I think the energy was there, and the momentum could definitely build in Liga Mekis, and maybe he just needed to come back, stroke his ego, get back in the game, and then head off to Europe and, and try again, I guess. I always say that Dio Linus's story is the reason why Liga Mekis players should go to Europe. I know it seems like that failed case and players coming back, but that's what I want to preach. Like, there's always the option of coming back. Those deals between Mazatlan and you're going to Club America or Mazatlan and you're going to Chivas. Go to Europe first, test it out, and the offers from Monterrey, Tigres, Club America, Cruz Azul, they'll still be there if you're at a good rhythm from Europe. Try, and if you fail, come back and thrive in Liga Mekis. You never know. Yeah, I mean, I guess my argument to that would be more, like, when he went over there, I think he was a little young. I mean, He, he went was over young, there. yes. 
at a very young age. He's only 22 years old now. So I think he could have made a move inside League MX first before he went abroad and maybe gotten some more experience in League MX. And then he would have made that move abroad and then been fine. The problem with that is your price tag goes up an exponential amount sometimes because of what desperate Liga Mekis teams are willing to pay at the time. Mm-hmm. So Rayados, obviously he came through um, Club America. Should Rayados would have wanted the Olinas, they would have paid, let's say, $10 million. So if an Ajax, PCB, Real Betis comes knocking and says, hey, we want the Olinas, this 21-year-old or 20-year-old at the time who's doing good, and they say, okay, that'll be $18 million to get a profit on him, it's practically impossible for these European teams to come knocking for an undetermined talent with a crazy price tag. So leaving yeah. at that point really guarantees that they will because they're so cheap at that point, especially from for homegrown talents. You can get, get out like five, six million. And for European teams at this point, it's really nothing. So for me, I guess would be go over there. And Linus's trajectory was interesting. I think had he gone to Ajax, because he had an offer at the time, had he gone there, his career would have been severely different. I love the AABCA for young Mexican talents. I think they mm-hmm. learn, they develop, they get their own style. But he didn't go there. He went to La Liga. So, But now he's back. I think it'll do him a lot of good to be back at Liga Mekis. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, that's a really good point. Uh, the fact that the price tag does go up um still maybe you know again i, I it's hard right because you want to yeah. go to europe and when you hear those calls from europe that's something you you absolutely want to you know pursue and it's hard to wait um uh, maybe staying at club america a little longer but again you're right the price tag does then probably go up as well it's it's definitely hard it's it's definitely difficult but um i just think you know in the end he ended up being i think the reason he didn't succeed was because he went over there at a young age and it was it was a lot to take in at that young age without mm-hmm. having much first team experience in league mx so you know we again it's see. it shouldn't like you said it shouldn't be a cautionary tale for other players to not go over there right. i think it should be you know they should follow the, the you know follow the heart go over to europe play in europe but i do think that he might have been a little too young at that point with the lack of first team experience to to really make an impact over there i think maybe yeah. another year or two might have helped him yeah, I also think La Liga can be very overwhelming. But on the other side of that is a Cruz Azul loss, which yes. is which has their head coach, Potro Gutierrez, hanging on by a thread. Um, rumors are already swirling. He'll be the next head coach to head out, which will be interesting. People are also saying that Miguel Herrera, um, El Piojo, who interviewed to be the Mexican national team head coach and apparently will not get that gig, will then head out to Cruz Azul the same way that Jimmy Lozano is sounding for Cruz Azul. Now, if you get Jimmy Lozano, that's a phenomenal move for you. But point aside, Potro Gutierrez we won't. is still there. We won't. Don't worry. <laughs> He's Don't still there. Worry. You guys are losing yet again, slowly dwindling down the Liga Mickey's table. How does it yeah. feel to pick another losing team? Yeah, I mean, three goals in four games is... Not great. Let me just see. Yep, tied for the most or least amount of goals scored by any team Mm, this season. Tied with Club uh, Tijuana, who already fired their coach, and Leon. 
who has not fired their coach yet, but has four points because they do have a win. Um, again, they've only given up six goals, which is fine, but the ball's not getting in the back of the net, and that needs to change. I mean, it's they need to figure out how to get the ball in the back of the net because right now, I mean, obviously your worst start to a yeah. campaign in 18 years 18 years is not good it's not i good. will say though and i'm not justifying anything but i will say injuries have not been your friend this season um mm-hmm. it just came out also that carlos vargas is out for about six months um with a knee injury i think he ruptured his rcl i believe it's called um really not a medic so i don't know this i don't know yet, what these but... these things mean these letters mean I know um, but, ACL, but I don't know RS, RCL. Um, but he did rupture something in his right knee, which will keep him out of the side of the pitch for six months. He's slated for a return amid the apertura coming in August. So great. he's out. And he's among quite a few um, Cruz Azul players. So yeah, I mean, again, reason, but also do better. Yeah, I, again, if you look at it too, I mean, I, I'll go back to the Nacoxa game in, in match week three. Um, they gave up a stupid goal that yeah. they should have never given up, and they couldn't put the ball in the back of that. And that's a recipe for losses every week, week in and week out. So, so um, you. you really should probably figure that out. Um, and again, I mean, you look at the stats. I mean, obviously, stats don't tell the whole story, but they but had 17 shots, only three on, on, goal. on goal. Like, you, you, the quality of the shots matters. And again, Tigres didn't have that much more possession, didn't have that much more, that many, didn't have, they had 10 shots, only four on target. So it's not like Tigres was outplaying them phenomenally, getting 25 shots, 10 on goal, and they had 10 shots and three on goal. This is a team who just cannot find the back of the net right now, and it's costing them in every game. Yeah, it's it's getting worse and worse. You do have good talents. Obviously, we know Uriel Antuna is still at Cruz Azul. He's great, but can't do well. Pachuca, on the other hand, can, and they're denying the reigning champions curse. They're still winning. They're top of the league. They're doing phenomenally well, which is great to hear because Guillermo Almada is rumored to be the next Mexican national team head coach. I believe he, or the rumor is he mentioned he he wants to stay through the campaign and then head off to the Mexican national team once the clausura has concluded and the yeah also, but he would manage Nations League matches in March. A little confusing, but he's a great talent. He's led this team to do so well considering they're young. A lot of Mexican players, they don't necessarily depend on foreigners like other teams like Atlas does. Mm-hmm. So very exciting. They keep winning. It's great. And before we wrap up <laughs> week five, was there anything that surprised you this weekend? Wait, so I do have a question. I have a question. So I was reading an article that actually, um, it might've been a quote that you, okay. that I think you wrote the article and it took to oh. somewhere. The, <laughs> okay. the, the Tijuana coach was labeled as professor. Oh, Yes. Is it, what is that? <laughs> yeah, so they, they call within um, Liga Megis, a lot of players and a lot of head coaches will be referred to as profe, oh, which means like professor, I like teacher. That. So it's like mm, profe Herrera or profe Piojo. Like the, Piojo necessarily wasn't referred to as that. Just yeah. Piojo is phenomenal. But el profe Almada, um, yeah, just like head coach, teacher, 
term of endearment really and i guess respect that's cool i kind of like that that's cool it's a different thing i i just thought it's i I just didn't know if there was another club that was linked to university and they just only (laughs) hire professors as their coaches that would be that's a good connection but no i think it's just a term of it's kind of like saying like sir ma'am yes gotcha god no that makes sense that makes sense i i understand that i mean i think just as a whole from this week um Again, I mean, going back on the, to the Cruz Azul Tigres game, Tigres also has had a phenomenal defense this yeah. season so far. Five games, only two goals given up. So that's obviously very good. And they've played Pachuca. They've played Cruz Azul. They've played um, some some of the big boys. Um, you know, so having only given up two goals is really good. And, and played a Santos Laguna team who, again, got a red card in this game but did not score a single goal, but who has been on fire since that yeah. game against Tigres. So um, Tigres, again, still looking like one of those teams that will be a team to beat in the playoffs if they continue in that direction. Um, you know, Pachuca, like you said, just playing phenomenally well. Um, 13 goals, seven against. I mean, they're firing on all cylinders early in the season. And that's, again, it, it kind of def- def- defers or, you know, kind of puts to rest maybe the curse a little bit uh, of, of winning the league and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, we're only five games in of the 17 game season. So about a third of the way in right now. So we have a good sample size right now of what we're looking at, but there's some teams who really need to make some changes and seeing the club Americas, the Guadalajara's, the, you know, the Cruz Azul's of the world down where they end up being. I mean, obviously Cruz Azul significantly less than where it's significantly lower than where the other clubs are. Um, but seeing those teams down, like they need to make jumps now as we get into the second third of the season to, um, really start to get in a position to get firing on all cylinders going to the playoffs. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And transitioning over to MLS, but not really. There has been a couple Liga Makis versus MLS friendlies this month, kind of to prepare MLS teams for the 2023 season, obviously they're doing preseason. Atlanta United, for example, is training where the Mexican national team trains at the CAR, Centro de Alto Rendimiento, in Mexico City, which is very exciting. They've faced, I believe they're facing Pumas today or tomorrow. Um, and I, th- I don't remember who else they were facing, but they've played Atlante, a Liga de Expansión team, and they lost 4-1. Very sad. And I know what you're going to say, but I do think it's worth mentioning that it's a Liga de Expansión team and they lost by three goals. That's absolutely insane. That's crazy. No, I'm, oh, I'm looking this up. Taking... I'm looking this up right now. I'm looking this up right oh, now because I want to see you... who they played. I want to see if any of the real players play. Like if I'm looking at the, the academy players, players in what preseason, like I want to see if they actually played their, their real starters. They're, you know, they're... Okay. Well, I gotta find where this. Oh, it'll be on Twitter. I'm guessing. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I can't find. This is gonna take too long to find. Either way, the MLS is in preseason, all right? Okay. These teams have had five. We they did a whole preseason tournament. I don't think Atalanta was in that, but no, they weren't. Um, but it's still, they've had plenty of time for to sure. really get ready for this match. Mm. This is their Super Bowl. Oh, that's what this it is. This is their okay. Super Bowl, okay. and they won the Super Bowl. This is their Super Bowl. So Atlanta, you know, I got no problems with Atlanta losing 4-1. They wanted to give another team a really good opportunity to feel better about themselves as they move forward in their league before Atlanta gets started. 
So this is nothing to do with Atlanta being bad or the MLS being bad. It's actually the Are we going to say the same thing league. when they play against Cruz Azul tomorrow? Well, no. If Cruz Azul wins, Cruz Azul wins. <laughs> Really? No, actually, though, I mean, I'd have to, I'm going to have to start watching some of these friendlies just to see like what the setup is for, for some of these games. But, um, a lot of them are not televised. Um, yeah. they've been closed door. They've been very secretive, which is nothing new for MLS. They do yeah, that quite shocker. often for preseason games. I think Philadelphia Union has been the only truly transparent team. Yeah, they have. They <laughs> saw that the other day. I saw yeah, that the other to day to guide their fans into what's going on. Um, but potentially we might get information about tomorrow's friendly, which should be great. But I think there is, or there should be concern over losing four one to a Liga de Expansion team. Are we positive this wasn't Atlanta United too? Yes. Are we positive of that. We're positive. <laughs> are we sure? We're sure. I don't know. I have. Oh, Atlanta United. Wait, team no, it wasn't four one. It was three nothing. It was four one. I don't know. The Atlanta United count has here. That's it for our first preseason match in Mexico. Three nothing final. Oh well, okay. Atlanta tweeted something else completely. But, <laughs> I mean, I four that. one and three nothing is the exact same situation. It's actually worse. Three nothing. I think you're because losing. You didn't score a single goal. You're you're actually losing. It's terrible. Um, we also saw a couple of other. Oh, teams. I got it here. I got it here. I got it here. <laughs> I mean, who even are these players? Oh, okay. Never heard of these guys before. Never, not even one. Not even one. Oh. No, I actually think they're they started Diop, who I think is a new player for them. Um, so but sad. um, but yeah, I mean, listen, you, you can't. I mean, okay. probably should not be losing to a second division. Losing to. Um, but either way, no, no NMLS team is in full season yet. For sure. Wait till least um, cup. I want Atlante to come out to us during League's Cup and play us during well, League's Cup. They won't because they're not. Yeah, because they're scared. They're scared. For sure. And were the Colorado Rapids also scared losing 3-1 to Querétaro? I mean, I'll be honest. I The Colorado Rapids are just an awful team, I think. Just a genuinely awful team. Them and the Atlanta United one is bad. The, the, but the Rapids and the other team who I can't remember who played in a preseason friendly so far. What do we say? It was, oh, it, oh, and there's Houston Dynamos who's going to play. Like, come on now. I mean, no, but he, okay, here's the thing though Houston Dynamo um, played against Laxcala, which I would love to see you pronounce when read out loud um, nope. because it's so <laughs> difficult even for me. Um, they played against Laxcala. They won 2 0, which is great. It's another Liga de Expansion team phenomenal job um and they play pumas today i believe they finished the game a couple minutes ago they should have something up on twitter after this to check but I'm actually i really wanted just before we continue with this i'm very excited to see what this houston dynamo team can be like this season right. because new coach who i think is going to be very good and i can't remember his name off the top of my head ben olsen ben boy olsen, yes. do i know ben olsen i ben covered olsen. His DC United team while I was in college, it was, he intimidates me tremendously. <laughs> He's extremely nice. For no reason should be intimidating. Um, once he gets into that press conference room, scary. But, but yeah, I do think. Did yeah. 10 years with um, DC United and then left to be 
part of the Washington Spirit organization is now at the Houston Dynamo. But yes, continue. Yeah, I, I think I think that they're going to have a fun. I think like a lot of players. Yeah. Been, I saw something the other day that said the players were saying mentioning like an an open slate, a clean slate, an open playbook, kind of you know the ability to kind of start fresh and put yeah. all these new things in there. And I think there's some good players on that Houston Dynamo team that could make a difference. I listen there. It's hard to make a jump from last to like one of the best teams in league in one season, but right. I do think that they will be better. And I think they will be a fun team to watch. Maybe not a good team, but a fun team to watch this season and see how they progress yeah. over the course of the season. Yeah, I do think they will be better. I think their, their direction is, is headed in a positive way. I want to see Ache Ache play in the midfield. He was injured for a while last season and failed really to make an impact, but he was truly on and off. And I want to say that his mentality was towards the World Cup. So even Mm. if he was fit to play, he probably delayed his return just to be okay for Qatar, which I guess didn't work out well, but whatever. Um, But yeah, no, I think he's also excited. We interviewed him during MLS Media Day. Those interviews will be coming out soon as well. And he seemed truly excited about the upcoming campaign. He has a great energy. The team as a whole is a great combination between veteran and experienced players and then young figures. And if anyone can coach a team like that, it's Ben Olsen. And anyone who really knows the league is Ben Olsen. So... They might not be an Austin FC type of story or no, I don't think so. I don't think they will. Philadelphia Union, like in the MLS Cup final, but they're definitely going to be a mid table contender, which is already an improvement of what they were last season. For sure. For sure. I don't think that they'll be, you know, they're not going to go be the best team in the world, but I do. They have like good players who are, are you some young, good players? They have some good older players. A yeah. good mix. I think they just needed need a fresh voice. I mean, even towards the end of last season, I think you started to see them kind of after they fired their coach, they started to kind of figure some things out. So I think you're going to see a better Houston Dynamo team. I think yeah. they'll be fun to watch. Um, and I, I think this will be an interesting one to watch over the next few years to see how they progress. Yeah, I think it'll definitely be exciting. But these preseason friendlies are so entertaining. The results, it's chaotic, it's hectic, and they're a great preview of, I guess, what League's Cup is going to be in a little bit. You won't be able to use the excuse of, oh my God, we haven't even started the season. Okay, but it starts in like 20 days. So these teams need to get on it because vacation is over. Why Seattle Sounders lost. It's why Seattle Sounders also lost. They were so excited. I spoke to a couple of players again um, in the beginning of January, and most of them were already looking ahead to the game against Real Madrid. They just said, we're one game away. We're so excited. And they <laughs> lost. So Wait, that's so funny because I thought I, every, made it seem, everybody made it seem like they were like going to play Real Madrid. Like they, yes. It was like they were going to play Real Madrid. And somebody posted online like, I don't know how Carlo Ancelotti is going to plan for the pace and the strength of Jordan Morris. And I thought that was so funny because like, obviously people were like being sarcastic. I know I feel bad for Jordan Morris, but people obviously (laughs) being sarcastic because of everything with the world cup and all that stuff. So, um, but I, they made it sound like they made it sound like Seattle was playing Real Madrid. And I was like, okay, well that kind of sucks that they drew them, but whatever. It's not really that big of a deal. And then the thing started and I was like, wait, they're not playing Real Madrid. It's they're playing some other team. And 
Again, I heard that they were playing an Egyptian team first, um, and then they had to win. So basically, the the campaign championships or champions, I think. I think it was the African champions. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea and the narrative was for one game away of facing Real Madrid, (laughs) but they didn't get there, and they can absolutely thank Alex Roldan and his ankle for that. Um, The ball deflected (laughs) a shot from the Egyptian side players deflected on Alex Roldan and then found its way into the net in the 81st minute. So they really held off for 80 minutes before coming to a crashing end. Um, Head coach Ryan Schwerter spoke about it. He said it's very unfortunate. He thought they played well, but we move on. And yeah, they must because again, the season starts on February 25th. They, They have a busy time ahead. They really didn't do well in 2022 MLS season. And it's actually a really interesting phenomenon. Um, Christian Roldan was talking to me about it, that the fact that they won the CONCACAF Champions League so early on in the season gave them the false sense of security that it had been a successful campaign when really they had Mm -hmm. 20 games left to be played in Major League Soccer. And the in my opinion, their roster depth really didn't give way for them to be able to focus completely on two competitions and their balance was terrible. So while they were thriving in the international competition, they were doing horribly bad in major league soccer. So they came back to that mess. No one really recovered emotionally and the team missed the playoffs. So they definitely have to come back from that season and build on that because they have some improving to do. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, we're not you're not used to seeing a Brian Schmetzer team, um, you know, perform that poorly. Yeah, yeah, perform that poorly over the course of a season. Um, he's a great coach, and I think it makes a lot of sense that Seattle kind of just you know they they kind of just accepted it, and it does make a lot of sense because Seattle again people make jokes of it, but this is the worst Seattle Sounders team we've seen in yeah. years in years yeah. so um yeah like a lot like a long time like seattle is a perennial powerhouse in mls year in and year out so the fact that they didn't have that great of a season last year you wonder what the reason was and that makes perfect sense and you know you do expect them to bounce back a little bit they do have some i, I believe they made some some pretty solid signings and we'll go overall once the mls season gets here the yeah. week of the mls season we'll discuss these teams and who we think is going to be where, where we think certain teams will be, who will make the biggest leaps, all that stuff. But um, they, they won't be as, and, and again, last season, if I recall, I, I have to check the standings again. It's not like they were that far out of the, um, of the playoffs either. After even no, I believe they that, were in, in 14th. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm looking at it now and it says, yeah, they were in, they were in 11th place. They were in 11th place, mm. six points off of, a playoff spot. So it's not like, you know, they obviously were the, again, the worst they've been in a very long time, but they still managed to pick themselves up and go on a little bit of a run and get some points there to get them to those 41 points. But um, you expect them to be at least near the middle of the table, right around that last playoff spot, at least this season. Yeah. I guess the only positive there is that it was in a Liga MX team making or being embarrassing in the club world cup because it has been in the past. So there you have it. Recaps, 
Liga Wait, we need to talk about one thing. We need to talk about one thing that goes off of the Liga MX changes. We need I'm to done. talk about one thing. So there's been reports that the MLS is talk. We've talked about Liga MX changes. We need to talk about the possible MLS changes and how dumb they are. Um, there's been okay. reports that the MLS is going to go or thinking about going to an 18-team playoff with best of three quarterfinals. I know. Which, um, in my mind, makes absolutely no sense at all. We talk I about know. this over and over again. We talked about it with Liga MX. We talked we talk about it with the NBA. We talk, about it, we talk about it with the NHL, who's also looking to expand their playoffs. We talk about how too many teams make the playoffs. 18 teams is over half of the, what, 30 teams that are in... 24. That are in the not even 28. There's 28 teams. Once you get St. Louis in, there's going to be 29 right. teams. So 18 teams. That means 11 teams out of the 29 teams don't make the playoffs. And then there's going to be some quarter right. sort of playing wild card round. And then they're going to play a best of three, which again, we talk about this every single time we talk about soccer in the present day. There's too many games. Yes. So how like we're going to make them play an extra two games in the quarterfinals? Because wow. like it does not make any sense. The the whole thing does not make any sense to me. I think it would be a massive, massive mistake. And of course, as always with MLS, it's a massive money grab, an opportunity for a massive money grab. That's the only reason they're adding playoff games. So all in all, the yeah. MLS is really dumb if they're going to add it and make it 18 teams who make the playoffs, which is adding four more teams, have a playing game, add more games to the, the, the soccer schedule, these players are exhausted. There's no like. There's no reason to add more games. Keep the competitive level at, at where it's at right now, which is half the teams, which is still a lot. Um, and just like don't don't screw it up. Don't screw it up. I think. Well, nothing's that's my been, rant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, nothing has been cemented yet. They haven't announced this. These are all rumor changes. But I think. Yes. Yeah. Of course. The athletic writer Pablo Maurer said it best on Twitter. He said. I want to emphasize that no one is asking for changes. No one is demanding <laughs> changes. No one wants changes. These are all self-inflicted. So I do think Liga and MLS. See, I'm already confusing. Um, yeah. MLS is willing to change these on their own terms and because they want to rather than um, listening to potential feedback as, like, as opposed to Liga Mekis who at this point would be trying to appease some of the requests made by both the But Liga MX is going in the opposite direction though, right? It's like they have a lot of playoff teams now and they're like, wait, maybe we should make this more competitive. MLS is like, oh, we're adding more teams. Let's just add more playoff teams. Let's not make it more competitive. And I think Paul Tenorio tweeted this out earlier because he is one of the people who was on this report. Um, He said, anytime you can have 18 of your 29 teams make the playoffs, you absolutely have to do it in the name of making things more interesting to fans. Obviously, as a joke, people did not get that as a joke. But but he (laughs) he, said, said, that's what he said. He said, shoot, I forgot to add the sarcasm text on this one. And it's just like, it's so, again, as you said, it's not a change MLS has to make. It's a change MLS will make if they do decide to make it because it will make them more money. That's the only reason. And that's, yeah, it's that's a change it. they want to make, which is crazy. But we shall see. Hopefully more reports come out, and that'll be very exciting. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for mm-hmm. listening. Um, we'll be back next Tuesday to discuss week six, 
and all the changes, transfers, and new rules that I'm sure will come out by next I'm sure. Tuesday. I'm sure there'll be the, the MLS and MLS of promo, promotion relegation. League of Mex will change it to you can only have two foreign players on a team, and there's only going to be one. There's going to be 17 trophies, but only like one playoff format. And uh, that's what we're going to get next week. So stay tuned. Come back next week for that. <laughs> stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening. Bye. I'm done ranting. Bye. <laughs> oh, my God. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.